by minute, project number five. It's Silverado this time, that's no jive. By Lawrence Kasdan, who wrote the show. Best saddle up now, kids, cause here we go! Howdy, partner, and welcome back to another episode of the Silverado Minute Podcast. Each week, Movies by Minutes Buckaroos examine the 1985 Lawrence Kasdan-directed Western Silverado. One minute of screen time per episode. Uh, once again, I'm your host, Sean, and, and with us again is my buddy Brian. Oh, howdy. <laughs> well, howdy, Brian. How you doing today? <laughs> <laughs> That's a hell of an accent you got there. <laughs> is that is is that appropriation? Is that is that too far? Is that too much? That's um, right. All right. Just uh, listeners, you know, address your uh, your your complaints to uh, Jim O'Kane at Silverado <laughs> Minute. <laughs> uh, all right, but we're uh, let's you know, come on, we're back. Let's get down to business. We're back, and we are here to discuss Minute Fifty Seven of this film, Silverado, and we pick up where we left off, Fifty Six, the kind of the first half of this minute. Uh, Mal and Ezra are confronting McKendrick's Ma- um, guys about a. Uh, about who owns this land and what these cattle are doing. And uh, yeah, Mal, I mean, we, we, we've kind of seen this before. We, we know a little bit. We haven't seen a ton of Mal in this film, mm-hmm. but what we've seen, we know he does not back down from a confrontation. And he says, you know, if I, if I, was he, if I see any cattle on this land tomorrow, I'll kill them. Yes. And that's a hanging offense. Yeah. Yeah, killing this cattle is a, good, is a hanging is fence in these parts. Good scene, right? In my in my opinion, this is some good good storytelling. I I jumped the gun a little bit last minute. This mm-hmm. bit's good. Yeah, you know, that's I, I will hang- say. I mean, yeah, I mean, because, mm-hmm. sorry, just to quickly say, like both yeah. of us, both of us have said, like this is westerns, not our favorite genre. This is not our favorite western, <laughs> but it's got some really good scenes, and and this yes. is one of them. Yes, exactly. It just, you know, it's some. It, just from a, a movie perspective here, if we could go into the movie for a minute, I mean, mm-hmm. it's it's a nice tense scene, and it builds, and and you know, the cattle's not going to be here. Like some good threats, rising tension. I like it. Yeah, yeah. Well, we've seen, uh, you know, we we've had those scenes with John Cleese as, um, you know, as the sheriff, and we've kind of seen the the face of the law in these parts and and these times. And then we've also seen we're kind of out where we're outside the law. We're in, uh, I don't know if we want to call it unincorporated territory. I mean, at this point, mm. this this land's not a state. I'm not sure. It's like um, being on the ocean right now. Yeah. It's no man's it's land. It's kind of just no man's land. Um, well, do you know, are they are they in California? I know the fi- this was filmed in New Mexico. Do you know where they're supposed to be? No, I don't. I I No. Yeah, so there, there's, there's Silverado. There is a place called Silverado that's in California, but they maybe that's they gotta be, it's gotta be California then, right? But I get, but they talk about, um, well, like Emmett talks about, oh, I'm gonna stop off in Silverado on my way to California, but, but that could still, be, hmm. but I mean, like he may be. So I'm like, okay, are they not talking about California, or is he just thinking like California to him is like San Francisco? 
So, and maybe it'd be like, oh, I'm, I'm going to stop off in Sacramento on my way to California. You know, I'm stopping off in one place on the way. Well, in California wasn't a state, so I'm not sure what, what they mean by California at this point. Right? California is in a state at this point? Um, I should probably look that up beforehand. No, it could, yeah. No. Hmm. I don't know. That, or maybe it's just, you know. All right. Wikipedia is failing me here. Yeah, that's all right. <laughs> well, I don't want to have to edit. What year did California become a state? Wow, 1854. Is that right? I don't know, 1850. Yeah. California became the 31st state on September 9th, 1850. So California is a state hmm. at this point. So yeah, but I, I kind of, I was wondering like, so is this kind of, you know, someplace out in the West, he's heading for the coast, you know, probably San Francisco or something like that. Mm-hmm. And this is a stop off on his way. So he, they don't think of it as California, but yeah, again, because yeah, Emmett says like, we're stopping in Silverado on our way to California. So I'm like, I don't yeah. know if they, and, and it may just be like one of those movie things that doesn't move, mean anything, but right. I don't know. Maybe, I think, maybe that's, the... I think it doesn't mean much. Okay. All right. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? I forgot. Why would why did I even bring that up? Where was I heading with this? Um, <laughs> something about barbed wire. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I was talking about the law. Like, so, so, may, you know, so they may, if they're not in California yet, they, they're not, they may not be in a state. Right, um, no man's land we were talking point. about. Right, right. Yeah, so I'm talking about the law and everything. Well, because New Mexico... So this was filmed in New Mexico. Uh, New Mexico became the 47th state in 1912. So at this point, so California is a state at this point in the 1880s, but there's a lot of land out west that mm-hmm. is not a state yet. So right. um, so I guess, you know, if you're in a town that has a sheriff like John Cleese, there is something that we might, you know, uh, might appear like law and order to uh, you know, to the, our modern day sensibilities, even if we don't mm-hmm. always agree with the, the methods and so mm-hmm. forth, but at mm-hmm. least there is law. I mean, this is this is really anarchy. I mean, if if Red and Scruffy just pull out their guns at this point and shoot Malachi and Ezra down, you know, there's, you're, there's, no, there's, no, there's no repercussions. Yeah, no, exactly, no repercussions unless they've got family or friends that are going to come out and avenge them. It's basically Which comes just with the whole the, the whole revenge and avenge narratives that we talked about last minute. Exactly, exactly, because there is there really isn't law. You're kind of out on your own, and it's right. So it's it's up to, uh, you know, up to the 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 vengeful to kind of mm-hmm. rise up and dispense their own form of justice. As yeah, as, as becomes a theme in in many a western. So yeah, they're they're kind of out on their own, but um, yeah, Mal doesn't really, you know, he's not intimidated by that, and he's not letting, you know, he's not letting himself be intimidated, uh, you know, by these gentlemen. So yeah, they say yeah, cattle. Which uh, so yeah, circling all the way back around to to what you said, how they say killing cattle is is a hanging offense in these parts. Now, had you heard that before? About killing cattle specifically? Yeah, yeah. No, but I'm not because well, I, you know, read into the Western. Uh, yeah, yeah. Me neither. Because no, I, mean, I, I had heard like killing a horse was a hanging offense. That's something I had heard before. 
Well, see, um, I, now I took it as these are just you know these are the bad guys, and it, it and it's it's their excuse like killing cattle mm-hmm. here, you know, we'll kill you for that type of a thing. Ex- yeah, yeah. I didn't think of it as like they're really good at like statute nine twenty one. It's a hanging offense, you know. I didn't take it like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, that's kind of the way to. It's just like yeah, we're gonna. It's it's yeah, it's a threat. It's not like oh, if you. You know, if you kill, if we find you killing our cattle, we're going to, we're going to call John Cleese. We're going to call him the right. law. No, it's, right. or, you know, we're going to sue you. It's no, we're going to come. You kill our cattle. We'll kill you. Exactly. Basically kind of thing. Right. Yeah. That, yep. Exactly. Which again, makes it makes the scene. I think it's just a great scene, you know, with the tension. And then of course we're getting to my favorite part where Danny Glover threatens them back. Yeah. So let's get it. So, so Danny says. Uh, ever see what a Henry rifle can do in the hands of someone who knows how to use it? Beautiful, right there. That just—I mean, it's just great. Yeah, because it really makes you think. It's—it's it's, you know something's going to happen. You know he's capable now, and you're—you're you're just like, what can it do? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we—we—we've seen. Well, we, so we we know he's a shot, and this is kind of like him saying, like he knows how good he is. I mean, we've—we've we've got. Right. Well, there were two scenes. There were one when John Cleese is after um, after Emmett and Jake, and uh, I think Mal like shoots sh- like shoots the hat off of John Cleese's head, and uh, yeah, like one of the guys in the posse says like, "Oh, he's you know he's missing everything," but Cleese recognizes like, "No, he hit you know he hit everything he's aimed at. He's you know kind of missing on purpose." Right. Um, and then there's we the, know he's we know he's capable. Yeah, we know he's good. Well, and then there's. The scene where they're rescuing or they're they're stealing back the the money from the wagon train, and you know they're he's pretending to be a posse that's shooting at I think it's Scott Glenn at at, um, at Emmett, and he's like shooting at his feet to make it look like he's trying to hit him, but obviously he's he's missing on purpose because they're on the same mm-hmm. side. So we know we know this guy is is a good shot. Um, now what do you know? So he mentions specifically by name is his Henry rifle. What do you what do you know about the Henry rifle? Oh, it, it, they could have said it was the uh, Guggenheimer rifle. I, I have no yeah. clue on anything like that. <laughs> do you? Do you, you recognize? Yeah, that? No, you, you know you um, you have uh, so, some weapons training. I have. <laughs> that may be overstating a bit. I, I own some <laughs> firearms. I, I fired off a, a firearm or two. Um, no, I was not familiar with with the Henry rifle, but I I did a bit of uh, of research. And um, the Henry rifle really kind of revolutionized things. Was it was a big inva- advancement in firearm technology? Mm-hmm. So it is. It is a long arm. It is. It is a rifle, and uh, it it's kind of been around. So it it, it predates the uh, the Civil War by a few years. Uh, it was uh, invented and patented by Benjamin Tyler Henry. So uh, so <laughs> named after. Um, Named sense. after him, it's just the Henry rifle, and the big thing was it can fire a lot faster than the conventional rifle at that time. That you could like recock and reload a lot quicker. Um, so really was preferred by um, by the Union soldiers, and they, uh, they actually you know kind of you had to pay for your own uh, weapon, or you, you or if you mm-hmm. could afford it, you could buy a better weapon. So. Uh, so for Union soldiers that had the means, it was one of their favorite weapons. Uh, now, there was a downside in that um, 
it doesn't have a place for a bayonet, so you could not affix a bayonet to a Henry rifle. But if you had one, you um, you could fire a lot faster mm-hmm. than than you could with the standard that the other uh, you know the kind of the previously existing rifles or the the less expensive rifles at the time. So um, so yeah, it was a was a popular weapon for that reason, and certainly, and that would come into fact because you've got you know, up against a group or up against multiple people or, uh, you know, if, if you missed or you just winged a guy and you need to get a second shot off, having mm-hmm. a weapon that you could recock uh, much quicker than, uh, you know, than the other guy could get his weapon ready, you were at a significant advantage. Right. Okay. Yeah. Well, interesting then. Yeah. So he's he's saying something. So he's he and he so I think he's he's letting them know. Um, you know, in case they haven't seen or they didn't recognize it on site, I know I'm not. I didn't. Um, you know, I, I can't pick something out like that I didn't. I didn't pick it out and be like, oh yeah, look at that. Or um, you know, he's he's carrying our Henry, but like he mentioned it to make sure they know. Like I'm going to get my shot off faster than you can. Right. Uh, so you you've and, been warned. You've and been they backed down, so maybe they do know. Yeah, I I imagine they would know. Yeah, so we're about so 1880s, you know, so we're about 15 years out from the Civil War. I'm against I'm, I'm guessing a lot of the a lot of these gentlemen that are handy with a rifle would have been on one side or the other. That there's a lot of former soldiers, both U- Union and Confederate that that we're running into here. Um yeah, and I don't know how Well, I'm also thinking I'm wondering uh, you know thinking about uh Ezra and Malachi and, and their background and and what what they might have been through to get up to this point. Yeah, I mean one thing that I think this this might have been from from oh sorry not from previous minute but from one of the previous uh, from the previous scene I think when when Malachi first reaches Ezra and they have their reunion and you know he sees kind of that their the the farm's been overtaken by these cattle and the that the farmhouse is burned down and everything. And Ezra says, just like Georgia. Um, so racism is is a very real thing. I mean, it's a very real thing in, in the, the current day as you're mm-hmm. as we're recording this and listener as you're listening to it. But it was certainly uh, very much a thing in this time. We saw it previously when uh, when Malachi just wants a, he just wants whiskey in a bed um, and he gets run out of town by, uh, again, our, our old friend John Cleese. Um, so but you can only imagine or I can only imagine like these these guys have seen some things. Um, oh yeah, you know that there there are worse things than killing a man. There right. are worse things right. you can do um, than than kill a man, and and they've probably seen at least a few of those. So yeah, so th- you know they're they're not going to back down, and they're not just going to give up in the face of the threat because you know where are they going to go if if they you know if they let McKendrick and his men run them off of this land. Oh right. Yeah, where are they going to go? What else they got? Yeah, they they have no they have no choice. They have to they they have to fight for for what they have or what they're trying yeah. to get because then they'd be done with. They'd be done. You're right. They nowhere. where would you go? They, they got nothing else. They got nowhere That's else right. to go. As uh, as Richard Gere might say in a in a different film. <laughs> um, so what? Uh, and then I mean, no, go ahead. No, I was going to just say, I mean, from that great um, line and they, they pull away and it's kind of that, that to me, that kind of ends the minute. Um, I mean, there is, they, they do ride into town 
uh, for the last few seconds. But to me, that that minute is that little exchange. There is everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that um, you know we so we, we we've seen a bit, and like one of the things, and I know I'm kind of referencing. Uh, you know, referencing a lot of things from previous minutes, but I think they all build up and that's a, a sign of, right. um, you know, a, a good filmmaker and a good film that, that all these things right. are there for a reason. Cause we, I, I think of one of the key things from Malachi is when, when John Cleese is kicking him out of town and saying, you know, we don't serve your kind here. Um, droids and otherwise that, uh, he stops and he takes that one shot of whiskey. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, it's like, okay, this is your town and I'm outnumbered and I'm going to leave. But, you know, I'm just going to – I'm not going to go quietly mm-hmm. into that dark night. Right. You know, I'm going to go, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get my shot of whiskey before I do. And then we see – I think we're, we're, we see a little bit of, of Ezra, um, you know, his resolve and, and where Mal gets some of his, his character and his strength. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, you know, they're, they're talking about, you know, this is, you know, th- their land and they're not going to be, uh, they're not going to be run off. That's it. right. And that's, and good that's for the Western. That's, that's what it is. Yeah. And th- there you go. That's, that's how you know it's a Western. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah. So if, if, if you don't have anything else on, uh, on these no. gentlemen, we can cut to the, the second half of this minute is Kevin Klein riding into town, right? Uh, I believe so. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. So starting at just about 30, 31 seconds in. It's nighttime in Silverado. It's the dark streets lit by, uh, I'm guessing these are probably gas lamps or candles. And it's a cool know. set design also. <laughs> it is cool. It is, it is nice set. Yeah, all these, this, you know, they, they built a little town in New Mexico to kind of stand in as, uh, as Silverado. And yeah, that's Kevin, Kevin Klein riding in. Yep. Yeah. What's his name? Payton. Pat Payton. Oh, okay. Sorry. Um, so yeah, so we see yeah Kevin Klein Payton uh, riding into town on his horse. He pulls up to the saloon and uh, he gets. I don't know if I'm imagining like it seems to draw some looks. There's some folks walking down the street and and some folks hanging out in front of the saloon and kind of taking notice of uh, this guy that that ties up his horse. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I mean it's not much you know, really. There's not much to it. Yeah, we see he he looks around. He's kind of survey surveying uh the layout mm-hmm. he pauses a bit um i don't did you read anything that did you notice that and and did you think anything of it he kind of pauses right at the doors before he enters i mean no nothing in particular i just thought he was you know kind of he uh surveying the land you know like a good like a good cowboy he's you know back can't be to the door you got to see what's going on before you enter sure yeah yeah better safe than sorry right um well, I'm trying to think. Like, I know if it's it may not be every scene, but most every time we see um, we see Payton enter a place, he ends up in a fight. <laughs> and like, you could say, like, okay, every time it's not his fault, and every time, like, he doesn't draw first, so we can still root for him. He's still a good guy, but um, he's been slowly picking up all his goods because in first, like, so. Uh, you know, he gets res- rescued by Emmett. And they go into town, and then he sees the guy. Oh, that's my horse! And then the guy tries to shoot, and Payton has to shoot in self defense. And then he sees another guy, and he's like, "Oh, that's my hat!" And he, you know, we see he's, he's now wearing his hat. It's like, "Oh, you've got my hat." So I wonder. He's probably thinking. I wonder if he's thinking like, you know, what what else was stolen from him? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you know, what what's he gonna see? Is he gonna go in 
and you know like oh you're smoking my pipe or you're wearing my boots like what else was taken from him that he hasn't recovered yet Mm -hmm. that you know he's gonna see somebody wearing and then you know that person's gonna have to draw first and he's like oh no i'm gonna have to kill again (laughs) um you know poor kevin klein like he just wants to i don't know well we don't really know what he wants at this point do we yeah maybe he wants you know maybe he wants to settle down with uh that nice Arquette girl, but uh, or woman, but uh, yeah. So I, I kind of wonder if he's thinking like, yeah, who, who? Every time I walk into a saloon, I end up having to shoot somebody, uh, even if I don't want to. He's yeah, maybe scoping it out a bit. You can see over those swinging doors as he goes in, and then yeah, so he he, he pauses for a, a brief moment, I think, and then he, you know, pushes the saloon doors open and and walks on in, and that's the end of the minute. Wrapping up for a minute 57, we've been Sean and Brian from Next Scene Podcast at nextscenepod.com and Next Scene Pod on the social media. The Jelly of the Month Club is our Facebook group. And while you're waiting for new episodes, go back and listen to a couple Movies by Minutes podcasts I've completed. I did a Spinal Tap Minute covering this is Spinal Tap one minute at a time over at spinaltapminute.com and Groundhog Minute I did with our friend Dave Palace over at groundhogminute.com. You can find more on uh, this podcast on Silverado uh, at SilveradoMinute.com. Uh, we're also on the Facebook at the uh, the Silverado Minute Lister Saloon. Uh, we call that the Midnight Star. Also on Twitter at SilveradoMXM. So uh, please join us once again next time, and we will see you for the next scene.